Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Paper Ghosts is a production of iHeartRadio. For three days now, students have been back in the classroom at Grinnell College. But for many, concentrating on class is difficult. One week ago, Grinnell senior Tammy Zawicki disappeared. Now, students here are doing everything they can to help locate Zawicki. That clip you just heard was from one of nearly half a dozen news stories about Tammy Zawicki's disappearance. Within days of her vanishing, nearly everyone she'd met or been close to was getting involved in what would become a massive search effort to try and find her. And nowhere was that more noticeable than at Grinnell College in central Iowa. You don't think much about the bad things that happen to people. You never think, oh, well, it's never going to happen to me or my friends. And now it's, it's coming. It's at my friends. And now you know, I'm having reality hit you really hard. At the time I was in Michigan, and Tammy was coming. She had already left the East Coast and I think was staying in Pennsylvania with relatives. And she knew that I was going back to college at the same time and that I was looking for a ride because my ride had fallen through. Stacy Pappas was a friend and classmate of Tammy Zawicki's. They had met their freshman year at Grinnell College 
and each had plans to be back on campus the week before classes started. Stacy says they talked about carpooling that last leg of the drive along I-80 to Grinnell, except this was 1992, and trying to get in touch with someone in real time was far more difficult. We spoke through answering machine messages to each other. Um, you know, she left me a message and then I left her a message because she was checking in with her mom as she went along on the road. We're leaving each other messages and it just was getting too hard. So I just found another ride. And I was like, oh, don't worry about it. I got another ride. I'll see you there. When I arrived on campus, of course, you know, whenever you arrive, you have all this stuff to unload. And so you're dragging your stuff through the hall of uh, what they call the loja which is this covered, uh, screened-in, long porch that connects five or six dorms. And all along the loja, there was all these handmade paper signs on the kiosks and on the doors. And they all said, Tammy, call your mom. She's freaking out. Tammy, where are you? Tammy, call your mom. Tammy, we're worried. And um, I ran into someone who was putting up these flyers or or something. But I was like, hey, what's going on with Tammy? And she's like, no one can find her. We don't know if she even arrived on campus. That's the moment that for me, that I realized that something was really not, not right. Previously on Paper Ghosts. They got a call and they said, have you heard from Tammy? Uh, we can't find Tammy. We had a hard time with the police. They just kept telling us from the beginning, she'll, she'll be back, she'll be back. If you've been on uh, 80 cars are just zooming down, there is nothing there but cornfields for miles and miles. And trucks. And trucks. Oh, <laughs> trucks all over. It's a main artery. One of the witnesses uh, saw a tractor trailer with an orange stripe, and so we had a poster drawn up and distributed that, trying to find the truck. We knew at that point that something really bad had happened, and we knew that whatever situation she was in was in a really dangerous one. My name is M. William Phelps. I'm an investigative journalist and author of more than 40 true crime books. This is season three of Paper Ghosts in Plain Sight. Despite what Tammy Zawicki's family and friends believed, law enforcement assumed that the 21-year-old student had taken off on her own, even after her car was found abandoned alongside of a busy highway in Illinois. In their defense, young people often choose to go off the grid. Maybe Tammy wanted to leave. Maybe she had a boyfriend no one knew about. But any time I broached this idea, someone else in Tammy's life told me there was just no way. Tammy was not someone who would have packed it in or taken off with someone without telling her loved ones first. Her family knew this. All her friends knew this. The police, they're wondering if she's run away and how do we convince them that this is not who Tammy is and she would not do that and we need to take it seriously. Tammy's best friend, Jen Nelson, was among many who believed the Illinois State Police were slow to act. I was calling all of the major networks in Chicago and trying to get them to run a story on her. And I got increasingly angry because they kept saying that it wasn't newsworthy. and. 
you know, for a couple of days, it wasn't newsworthy. And a reporter actually told me that there were many, many young blonde women that went missing every year. So this wasn't something that was going to make the news. The hands-on action from Grinnell's students was beyond what anyone could have imagined. During that first week Tammy was missing, her friends and classmates formed a sort of grassroots coalition and spread out across the region, posting and distributing hundreds of missing person flyers at truck stops, convenience stores, and airports. They sent more than 10,000 posters to post offices in every city and town in Iowa. They knocked on doors, asking anyone and everyone if they had seen Tammy. Nobody was giving up. We went to gas stations, we went to restaurants, road stops, truck stops, and we asked if we could put signs up for Tammy. And we had a description of the truck that the witnesses saw near Tammy's car. And I think the sign said something like, have you seen this truck? Amy Joe was one of Tammy's teammates at Grinnell and the co-captain of the women's soccer team in 1992. She says the notion that one of her friends could have been abducted from the side of a busy Midwest highway shattered the sense of safety that so many young people felt at the time. Grinnell College was a was like a bubble. We didn't lock doors. We didn't we didn't even lock our bikes. We just we had bikes that we just left all over campus and they were always there when we wanted them again or or we took another bike and we all we just shared everything. It was a very safe community. We walked everywhere at all hours of the day and night and there were I don't remember any security concerns ever in a, in then this happened. When a loved one goes missing, it throws off the entire natural balance of life. That mundane, everyday ebb and flow, we all take for granted. As the days add up, you question everything and wait for what feels like will be the inevitable. But Tammy's friends and family were relentless and hopeful, which was what, in my view, made people take notice. Here's Jen Nelson again. Yeah, it became a bigger and bigger story as the days went by, I think because the news had spread beyond Illinois and Iowa and the conversations were happening. There were questions coming up about why there weren't emergency call boxes that she could have gone to and called for help. By the end of the first week, everyone, including law enforcement, was working under the assumption that Tammy was in trouble. After investigators released information about a white semi-truck and a person of interest, more witnesses were calling in to report what they'd seen on the highway the afternoon Tammy's car broke down. Some even said they saw a girl resembling Tammy running on the side of the highway in Iowa. Eyewitness testimony is very fragile, and you're talking about an interstate at the time, with people going by at 75 or 80 miles an hour, if you think about the last time you were on the interstate, you know, how much did you pay attention to a car broken down on the side of the road, if you can even remember the last time you saw that? Jeff Padilla is a retired lieutenant with the Illinois State Police, which he first joined back in 1992. He wasn't a member of the task force, but would go on to work on Tammy's case in later years. We did have other information out there about 
you know, the pickup truck and the white truck, the striped truck. And then we had information that there was another white car broken down just east of her. So, you know, then we were like, okay, we're, are people getting confused between that broken down white vehicle? So um, you have to remember that there was several days between when her car broke down and when her family notified the state police that she was missing. However, it didn't get in the media right away and people weren't aware of it until probably the week later. And so those tips began to come in after that information came out in the media. Um, in my opinion, witness information is great, but you really need to back it up with some hard evidence. Tammy's white Pontiac hatchback was the only thing resembling a crime scene, and it was mostly empty. Her large brown faux alligator skin purse, which contained her driver's license, was missing, as well as her beloved 35-millimeter camera. Among the items left were an empty camera bag and a fountain soda cup from Hardy's, which was the last known stop Tammy made before stalling on the side of the road. Tammy is a very young girl on her way to college. Who would she willingly go with on a sunny afternoon in the summer when her car broke down? There was no indication that there was a struggle at all. The car was locked. Although you have to, you can't rely on the fact that the car was locked because somebody at the tow yard could have locked it because there was luggage, there was valuables in there. Um, there were items that belonged to Tammy that were in there. When law enforcement finally went through the car meticulously to see if anything could be gleaned forensically, Padilla says nothing was found. I know that her car was processed by crime scene techs. Forensic-wise, to my knowledge, there was nothing of any value to us from the car. We did dust for fingerprints along the inside of the, the front of the car and the, uh, the fan cowling and all the items and, that are in the very front of the car. For example, if somebody had leaned into the car to look to see if there was, it was a broken hose or something, we tried to get prints from that and, and there was nothing. We didn't get anything. By the eighth day, Tammy's parents, including her eldest brother, Todd, decided to leave Chicago and head back home. They were not getting the results they'd hoped for because nothing other than a search for Tammy was happening. Well, I was there, I don't remember how many days, basically nothing was happening. We'd done all we could do. So um, I went back to school. It was still unresolved at that point. We were still assuming or at least hoping it would be a, uh, a happy ending. When a loved one goes missing, everything is upended. Jobs are put on hold, commitments are dropped, and life becomes a series of sleepless nights, waiting for that dreaded knock on the door or the phone call you do not want to answer. Till finally, it happens, and everything you thought you knew changes. I took a phone call in the kitchen, and it was one of the reporters that had been covering her case for quite a while. And he said, Jen, don't say anything. I just want you to listen. They found a body in Missouri.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hope. It's a strange concept for anyone who has been in a similar situation to the Zwicky family. You want to believe hope is real, even when every ounce of your soul fights against it and tells you something different. When more than a week passes and you have not heard from a loved one who has gone missing and a body has been found, worst case scenarios begin to dominate every thought day and night. Hope turns to despair. You despise hope, and it becomes nothing more than a shallow, pointless word. At this stage, all you can do is think about the horror of your impending reality. It is by far the most heartbreaking aspect of the work I do, bringing the victim's family members back to the moment when the proverbial knock on the door finally comes. Well, they had found a body along the side of the road, and they yelled. They hadn't identified it at that time yet, but they wanted us to know. And when you heard that it was in Missouri, what were you thinking? We weren't thinking. We didn't expect it. When you got that call, did you know in your gut or did you think, I'm going to be hopeful? Be hopeful. We're positive people. Right, right. Yeah, 
and um, we were hopeful. By day nine, the Zwickis had received word that the body of a female had been found in Sarcoxy, Missouri. At first, they were skeptical. Sarcoxy was 500 miles away, a seven-hour drive from where Tammy went missing in Illinois. Plus, initial media reports claimed the young woman police found had reddish hair. Tammy was blonde. Here's Stacy Pappas, whom you heard at the beginning of the episode. I had heard a rumor that a body was found in Missouri, and a lot of people had a very bad feeling about it. I still didn't think that it was her because Tammy was was blonde and never had dyed her hair, to my knowledge. And, um, you know, I just, I was like, well, it can't be, can't be Tammy because Tammy's not a redhead. Authorities were careful not to jump to conclusions either. During the early 90s, there were dozens of missing young women in the Midwest, some even fitting Tammy's description. Don Lakin, the Lawrence County coroner at the time, spoke to the media about the discovery. There's nothing that can be said because uh, until we have a positive identification, you know, I, I wouldn't put any family through that one way or the other because no family deserves to go through that. And this is a very hard situation, no matter whose child it is. Police confirmed via dental records that the body found in Missouri was, in fact, Tammy Zawicki. That reddish color in her hair was the result of dye from the clay and soil on the ground. Worst of all, it was evident she suffered a brutal death. When does the identification take place? When do you know for sure? It wasn't too long after that. It was only a few days after that that we knew for sure. And they called you? Yeah. With some information? Right. Did you have to send dental records or anything like that? No, they had records. I think they had records from the college. And did they ever ask you to come down and identify her? No, they, they, they said we could if we wanted to. And you chose not to? No. Moments like these become seared in your mind forever. It's the kind of heartbreak you think cannot get any worse. Here's Tammy's brother, Todd. I don't even remember now whether it was my father or mother who finally told me what had happened, that they had found her. To this day, I remember being in my room and just getting it on the phone and just collapsing on the floor. I just couldn't believe it. I mean, at that point, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I just had not really thought about anything to that point except finding her. And I was so wrapped up in the anxiety and the effort and doing everything we could to try to cooperate and come to a happy ending that it never even really occurred to me that this might be how it ended. For Tammy's friends, the feeling was much the same. I just remember feeling physically, physically ill when I found out that it was Tammy, like sick to my stomach and also just shock. I'd never had a death so close to me that of someone my age that wasn't a grandparent or a great grandparent. So it was, it was just unbelievable that that could happen. That could have been any one of us. Going back to what I mentioned in the last episode, when I decided to look into Tammy's case, I knew I needed to think outside the traditional box. Beyond those theories and sightings of a semi-tractor trailer truck with two rust-colored stripes. 
And the more I heard about Tammy's character, the more I became skeptical of the idea that she would have accepted help from a trucker. Let me ask you this. Let's say the person pulls up and they're a cop. They have a badge or they have a collar and they're a priest or there's somebody else in a trustworthy part of life. What would she have done at that point? I don't think she would get in the car with them. I guess if it were a police officer offering to bring a tow truck, you know, that might be one thing. But it's a question you could ask every one of us when we were that age and driving. I mean, my car broke down on the highway a few years after Tammy died and a truck pulled up behind me and the driver got out and came to offer me help. And I opened my window half an inch and he said, you know, I'm glad you're not getting out of the car. I'm just stopping to let you know that I've called the police and they're on their way to help you. A number of people I spoke with said they bought a cell phone in the months after Tammy's murder. What's so discouraging about it is if this had been, you know, two, three years later, she would have had a cell phone in the car. It was right before widespread access to cell phones came around where a, a young girl could, you know, call tow truck with a cell phone or an Uber even, right? I mean, you can think of all the different things that could have been different. Tammy's friends and classmates also helped found a group on campus called Fearless, which focused on the safety of young women and fought to get emergency call boxes installed along major highways nationwide. Everyone was desperate to wrestle something positive from the tragedy. As for Hank and Joanne Zwicky, they appeared on Oprah Winfrey's talk show one month after their daughter's murder. It was part of a segment about the dangers women face driving alone. I was asking Joanne Zwicky during the break, who do they th suspect is Tammy's killer? Is it a serial killer or do they have any clue? I'll put it this way. The authorities haven't been too free with information with them. Uh -huh. Uh, all we know is they're following leads and uh, beyond that. Uh, Do you feel the killers will be found or killer? Uh, as the days go on, I'm not as optimistic as my wife because of over the period of time as we've seen how the authorities operate and the, I'll call them archaic methods of uh, even communication and, and doing their work, uh, I do have doubts. Hope turned to anger, then outrage. Who would do this? What happened? The first of many questions began to haunt not only investigators, but those closest to Tammy. So at that point, I think we really turned to how do we catch this, this person? How do we catch this monster? Because if it's been done to Tammy, it's gonna be done again to somebody else.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. During a trip I took to Illinois in the summer of 2022, I met up with Marty McCarthy, one of the officers who worked on Tammy's case. I paid him a visit after I spent some time earlier in the day parked near mile marker 83 in LaSalle County, Illinois, to see the spot where Tammy's car had broken down. I appreciate you coming out. Yeah, yeah, no, I... I'm kind of glad you got down there and saw that. A former Illinois state police investigator, Marty is a law enforcement man through and through. He has been retired for more than 20 years, but still spends much of his free time investigating what happened to Tammy. She sat there for at least an hour. Marty is a big dude, six foot two and solid. He's also a towering figure in this case. He's tenacious, driven, and as vocal as he comes across, I found him to be quite charming. Oh, I'm sorry. Have a cup of coffee or a Coke or... or, or um, if Diet Coke if you have it. You got it. You got it. Thank you. So when did you get out? Last night? I've met many cops like Marty throughout my career. Those detectives who cannot let go of a case. This is that case for Marty. The one he could never solve. It gnaws at him. 
And this is pre-telephone, so... We discussed how fast and ferocious Tammy's story gained national attention and how that led to a bigger conversation about okay, roadside you. safety for young women. People were desperate to know how to get out of a situation similar to Tammy's. The press got involved big time, so it was a national thing. Everybody said, oh my God, it could have been my daughter. It's college girl going on a highway. People started buying phones. Guys in the task force were running out buying phones. They saw, whoa, this could happen to my wife, got my daughter. Somebody can break down on a highway. And of course, interest groups or parents, college, putting out things, where's Tammy, that, that type of thing. Marty explained that in order to really understand the complexity of what happened in the investigation and the mistakes he believes were made, I needed to look at how the case was handled from day one. Current law enforcement working on Tammy's case have issues with his candor and his public criticism about their work. After all those years, I said, how could, how could I be fighting this shit out? A fucking retired cop. After he retired in 2001, Marty continued to make suggestions to the ISP. His theories, things he discovered, but he went unheard. So he began talking to the media about those theories and the issues he had with the investigation well before then. One of those issues was that tip Marty previously mentioned to me. The one he says was received within days of Tammy's disappearance and went ignored by police. It came from a woman who said she was driving eastbound on I-80 when she saw a blue or green pickup truck parked behind Tammy's car along the westbound side of the highway. She claimed it was sometime between 3.30 and 5 p.m., that the hood of Tammy's vehicle was propped open and Tammy was standing in front of it wearing shorts. The woman's name actually appears on that ISP tip sheet a source gave me. On this sheet is a list of eyewitness tips that are deemed credible enough to log. Each tip would then be assigned to an officer whose job it was to run it down and gauge its importance to the case. If warranted, a written statement from the witness was taken. In this case, the woman's tip called for just that. I'm just going to read from this statement. The vehicle was older model and was parked very close to the back bumper of the white vehicle. The female was standing up front of the disabled vehicle. The driver of the vehicle parked behind the white vehicle is described as white male, five feet eight, six foot tall, brown hair, in his 20s, thin build and wearing dark colored short sleeve shirt and a pair of light brown tan pants. What she told me just to add to that, she says, I'm coming back eastbound on I-80 from Princeton. And I see this and I immediately see, uh, and that recognizes this woman's car is broken down. And she slows down and she looks over there and she gets this and sees the sky and just gets this eerie feeling there's something wrong with this, that uh, I should stop, but I got this assignment. But there's no doubt in her mind that was Tammy's eye that she saw. So she goes back home and doesn't, uh, doesn't do anything at that point and then calls in on the 28th when it becomes an issue. In my view, this tip is significant. Here's a woman who slowed down, took notice, and thought about what she'd seen hours later. 
When she saw coverage about Tammy's disappearance, she called it in and gave specifics. On top of all that, I've learned that this woman had impeccable credibility and wasn't someone to ignore in the community. That all said, however, ISP Lieutenant Jeff Padilla said there was a second white car that was broken down on the same highway on the same day. So I have to leave room for the idea that this eyewitness could have been talking about that vehicle. In just about every other statement the ISP collected, eyewitnesses described seeing a white tractor trailer parked in front of Tammy's car. And only one description details a semi with two rust-colored stripes. That description usurped all others. It's the one the ISP ran with in the media, the one drivers all over the country would fixate on, an 18-wheel tractor-trailer truck with two distinctive rust-colored diagonal stripes painted in the middle of the trailer. I asked every investigator I spoke with why the ISP decided to go public with a composite drawing of that one particular vehicle solely based on one witness statement. Why not also release any information about the pickup truck? It was truck, 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 truck. And let me just say this, after the body is found in Missouri, everybody says, who else kills someone and drives 600 miles with a body? It kind of informed and gave veracity to that, that it was a truck. I remember running around these truck leads. There were a lot of different descriptions of the truck because there may have been several other, and they may have been a mile ahead. They may have been two miles ahead. But the emphasis was so strong on the truck that they just let everything else go. Throughout my career, one of the things I've heard over and over again from detectives, serial killers, and criminals is this. If you are going to put out a composite of a suspect or a vehicle, you had better be damn sure it's the person or vehicle you are looking for. Otherwise, you're just pointing the public in the wrong direction. It's a point I brought up with Karen Donnelly, who was the LaSalle County State's Attorney from 2016 to 2020. Hi, Karen. Nice to meet you. As the head law enforcement official for the jurisdiction, part of her job involved meeting with local police to hear about their active cases. When Tammy's case was assigned a new set of investigators in recent years, it was brought to Karen's desk. Why is it, do you think, that they went with that drawing and put that out there as a composite of the possible vehicle behind her instead of the other witness statements of a nondescript truck with nothing on it. We never questioned what the investigators did with the cases. What they put out, that was their purview, not mine or not anybody's that sits in that state's attorney seat. So we left the investigation to the investigators. And that was what they went with was that truck description. They did check around with many local trucking companies and nationwide to see if anybody matched that type of semi. There's a lot of different ones. I started looking on the road myself to see if there was anything like that. And there's so many that maybe somebody driving by at, you know, 60, 70 miles an hour saw something different than what it actually was. So it's hard to say because the trucks go up and down that way. It's very well traversed by semis and, you know, commerce. To the investigator's credit, 
the initial focus on the tractor trailer did make sense. Tammy disappeared from one major interstate and was found alongside another. Same as I-80, Interstate 44 in Missouri is a heavily trafficked commercial trucking route. And while most people don't have a reason to drive several hundred miles in a given day, that type of trip is common for a trucker. Just ask the guy who found Tammy's body. I pulled off an exit ramp and started down the other side. And when I turned to walk around the front of the truck, I seen it laying there. And you could actually tell it was a body. On the next episode of Paper Ghosts. And they said, hey, we're trying to verify that the body that was found here was Tammy Zwicky. And I said, what body? I've never seen a murder like this, ever. It's, it, I, I, it's hard for me to understand how that happened. So did the Illinois State Police update you each day or? No, they were doing, they were just, uh, I'll tell you what, what you need to know when you need to know it. She was wearing a pair of um, shorts from a soccer club that she played for. But was, what was very important to us was that the patch from that uh, soccer club was cut off the leg of those shorts. Paper Ghosts is written and executive produced by me, M. William Phelps, and iHeart executive producer, Christina Everett. Additional writing by our supervising producer, Julia Weaver. Our associate producer is Darby Masters. Audio editing and mixing by Christian Bowman and Abu Zafar. Our series theme, number 442, is written and performed by Thomas Phelps and Tom Mooney. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. 
You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.